now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you got all this conversation. Always say gracious, best people. Welcome to the Vagicine Podcast, where we're having courageous conversations. Today, I'm talking to Jet Setting Jasmine. Um, she's the owner of Jet Setting Jasmine. Um, she's a licensed clinical therapist and so much more a sexpert. And she's here today to talk to us about some kink, some fetishes, and I'm going to call this Kink 101. So, Jasmine, thank you so much for being here today. Do you mind introducing yourself? Well, you did a fantastic job. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am um, coming to you from home. I am actually home today, so I'm so excited to be here and chat with your audience on all things kink. And, um, yeah, let's get going. Okay. Okay. So I've, I've seen some of your work and I think you're brilliant. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Um, but my expertise is not in kink. Like I, I try and do a lot of reading and now we have like the 50 shades darker, I think, mm-hmm. darker, I don't know, <laughs> grayer, and, and there's, I feel like there's this, like, um, there's this general, like, intrigue with, like, fetishes and kink and BDSM, so how do you define those things, where do you think you fit in, and what's your work as it relates to all of that? So, um, you know, it, it really is, um, no specific, you know, link that, that I prefer to stay into when it comes to things such as kink and um, and fetishes and fetish coaching, and mostly because of, you know, you kind of hit the nail right on the head when you, when you talked about the um, excitement around Fifty Shades of Grey, which, you know, I um, I did read the book. I haven't went, uh, I haven't seen the movie, <laughs> but... Um, I really have, I really appreciated, I really appreciated that coming to a more mainstream audience because it did open up a lot of people's eyes to a really small subset of the world of kink. And, mm-hmm. um, and then from there, others, you know, a lot of people have decided to explore a little bit more. And I think that is more or less where uh, my company, my team comes into place is when um, a lot of us adults, you know, we realize that we either have been uh, limiting ourselves sexually, sensually, intimately, mm. or we we want more. And, um, you know, it's like, where do you go to when you want more? We're taught there's schools for everything, ways, uh, classes and courses of how to learn everything. But when it comes to, like, sex, sensuality, and intimacy, things get a little bit limited. And, and the other thing, too, is mostly they're surrounded around disorders. You know, mm. erectile dysfunction, vaginal dryness—you know, things like that. So it's like unless you have a disability around sex or a disorder around sex, that there's really not a lot of information available to help people kind of coach their kink. Mm-hmm. And so that—that's um, where we come in at, and we will just help people really explore their, the smallest of fetishes. Really looking at some. Um, behavior modification techniques on how we can help people incorporate things that they might find to be exciting yet different or alternate um, sex into their, into their everyday lives. And it's been an amazing journey for me because I have decided to 
really just take my life as um, as an example and live it out loud. Um, and as I explore different forms of kinks and fetishes, and uh, and then take my clients along with me. Ooh, awesome! Oh my god, no, that's amazing. So when you first started doing this work, and I mean, I've like gone on your website several times. You got. Mm-hmm. You got a raw day touch, you got a massage, mm-hmm. you have fetish training, you have parties, and so much more. How did you decide to get into that and, and then build it into mm-hmm. something to take other people on with you? Sure. So um, it was right around my 30th, it was my 30th birthday, and I was experiencing exactly what I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. I know that... Um, I know that I knew at the time that I wanted more and I had no idea what exactly that meant, but I was definitely feeling unfulfilled. And I'm not saying that my partner at the time wasn't fulfilling me. It was something definitely inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really combating those um, those ideas that had been placed upon me as a young girl, you know, a young lady, a mom, things about, you know, things that we're not supposed to do or think or feel. And I was really struggling with what I was being told that I should feel, do, say, and behave versus what felt really natural to me. Mm. So um, for my 30th birthday, I decided to do, I think it was called 30 Before 30, in which I was going to do 30 things that I wanted to do or recreate for myself before I turned 30. And one of them was to have a sex toy party. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I did. We had um, a few of my girlfriends came over and um, we had a consultant come out from one of those companies. And during during the the party, I mean, we were having a good time laughing and stuff, but two things were translating um, to me that, that evening. One is that many of us all around the age of between 25 and 35, maybe we're 25 and 40, we all had a lot of questions and a lot of sexual hang-ups that, um, you know, I was kind of surprised by. I thought, like, some of my girlfriends who were a little bit older than me would, you know, have kind of crossed this, you know, whether it was, like, anal sex or Mm -hmm. oral sex, whatever it was, you know, I I felt like, gosh, you you haven't done that yet, or it's not just me, or... (laughs) Oh, you think that that's nasty too? You know, we just feel like a bunch of still little kids, kind of um, really curious about a lot of things sexually. Mm-hmm. And this person who was there as our facilitator was so strongly focused on selling the toys that um, I was having. You know, I was like, I feel like I wish that there was more that we could get from this mm-hmm. one. And two, um, the toys are great and everything, but there's got to be like a much more exciting way to do this. It kind of felt like a Tupperware party. You know, you're like, this one is nine ninety nine, right, right, and let it vibrate. You know? <laughs> so, me and the girls, we we still we still made it had a good night. Um, but I was really reflecting on there needs to be more. Whenever you get this many curious women in a room together, there's so much uh, opportunity for for healing, for explaining, for digging a little deeper, yeah. um, for building a, a safe, you know, connection between women where we can really discuss these things more openly for sure. without making it totally silly or taboo or judging one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing was I saw this woman make money hand over fist from my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and all she had to do was just bring her Tupperware out of toys. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> right? So, you know, 
maybe within that year, I said, you know, I want to, I want to start to, to do things like this, but I want to put my own spin on it. So long story short, I, you know, signed up for one of these companies and I started to host the parties and mm. add my own little spin to it. I started bringing the pole, um, adding the pole in. I started taking a little segment of the, of the class or so the time to really like be very vulnerable with the women and share my newest sexual discovery or my new intimacy discovery. Mm. And, um, during those, those parties, the other thing that was happening is women had lots of questions about men and who of course is answering these questions about men. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. So we are discussing, you know, our, our ultimate desires, mainly most of the parties were um, heterosexual companies. So uh, most of our most intimate desires with men, uh, our deepest misunderstanding about men and, our solutions for how we were going to work with, with or without them. And uh, this conversation is having, is happening all without the input of a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just happened to meet King Noir within that first year of um, being in business. And he was doing um, something of a sudden. He was dancing at some parties and he was doing the erotic touch massage independently. Mm-hmm. So we, we got together and we really just talked about ways that we can put both of our our levels of expertise, his uh, past in the adult industry, and his experiences as an entertainer, um, along with my therapeutic side of things and my experience hosting these um, parties with women. Mm-hmm. And we developed what is now known um, and coined as our fantasy flight parties. Ah, so, that's what that is. Um, I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens at these parties is, um, so King and I, we spent a, a good amount of time with the host of of the party getting to know a little bit about what you know for guests or what is birds of a feather certainly do flock together so really if one of the women is hosting it she can give me kind of a rundown of all of the things that the women or men or you know the, the participants are experiencing mm-hmm. um maybe they're all you know it's a lot of them are going through a divorce or recently divorced or um, they all have kids around the same age and they are just looking for, you know, an opportunity to, to not just be someone's mom, but also be that person um, that they were prior to having children. So, you know, we spent a lot of time consulting and developing a, uh, like a plan of action for their, to bring them towards their fantasies in this kind of fun way. Um, King does the erotic touch massages right there on site. Mm-hmm. One of the, the, great things um, about the services that we offer is it comes from a place of empowerment. So um, where King has like a menu of different massages, I'm sure you saw everything from Sunday to Climax to um, Fire and Ice. Right. He like, works with the client on determining what she wants or he wants for himself. So I do some of the massages for the men and we also have some um, female staff that will do male massages, but we focus on helping them to say exactly what it is that they want to experience, mm. which is a challenge. It's a challenge for people. Yeah. Um, we, we learn from, you know, directly from our clients that they've been told what they want from, you know, the day that their gender was assigned. You know, this yeah. is what little girls like, or, you know, um, young men, you, you know, you, you do this and she'll like it. Um, opposed, to, uh, opposed to treating each person like an individual. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes for the woman, just the idea of explaining how they like to be touched is such an empowering and freeing um, 
experience. And then on top of that, then they actually get it delivered exactly how they, exactly how they ask. That's amazing. Um, so it, it is. I mean, it was even, it was amazing for me. Now, before I, you know, I, before I put King's products on the, uh, on our, um, on our site, I had to experience it for myself, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, having when we met, I, that was kind of thing. We would talk about what it is that we wanted to to bring to our audience, but um, I wanted to see for myself what is it that my clients would experience. And being um, being able to verbalize, you know, we're going to spend an hour together, and this is what I would like you to do to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I need to be able to relax, and this is a service that I'm paying for. So, um, you know, I felt very comfortable very comfortable at least saying like, okay, I can ask for these things and, and my, whatever I give in return, it's just, you know, we're just going to exchange money and, and we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different experience than being with your significant other where you feel like you have to are constantly negotiating. Mm. Uh, so yeah, really, I mean, it, it, it's been a great journey. It's been five or six years. I think we're in our sixth year now in business together. And um, it's been wonderful. We we get to follow up with a lot of our clients and see how they're doing in terms of their relationships yeah. or even in their own self-discovery. We have quite a few babies out there um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that we've made after our fantasy flight parties. Uh, a lot of really great success stories. So I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. No, that's amazing. I wanted to circle back to some of the things that you said, which I thought were really interesting as far as like the services that you are providing, I guess, I guess why do you think it's, it's so hard for folks to speak up to their partners about like what they need even. And I think, and even some that you said that really sparked this for me was when you said that, you know, we're taught as little girls that you're supposed to like this. You're taught as boys mm-hmm. that you're supposed to like this. And then it's like, whatever's in that binary is it. And if anything falls outside of that from, I mean, I guess yeah. from spanking to, if you want to introduce something new to what have you, mm-hmm. then it's kind of seen as like, I would say deviant or kind of like, Oh, what do you, yeah. <laughs> what are you into? Like what's going on? So why do you think it's so hard for folks to actually like, make that connection. I mean, it seems like after they get your services, they're able to go back and say, all right, now listen, I had a good time. Now I need you to do this for me. <laughs> but right, you know, right, right. what's, what's going on with that? My first, um, my first thought is it definitely comes from the socialization of, um, of gender and, and sex. I mean, when, um, when you think about your own sex education as, as a young girl and everyone that's listening, kind of think about how did you learn about sex, mm-hmm. um, how did you learn about intimacy? Those things are, you know, maybe they're couched in like two semesters of, of schooling where the focus definitely is more on health, Yeah. Um, you know, the STDs and, and things of that sort, or just how the anatomy works. So we're not really talking about any type of emotional connection to, um, to sex, or um, we're really not talking about anything other than typical penetration, mm-hmm. right? Because when I think about sex ed, um, and even some of the sex ed courses that I've reviewed to date now that I've been, you know, at school for quite some time or even through my children, their yeah. school sex ed classes, it's very generic. And yeah. um, 
I mean, it certainly has its place, and I think it's important, but it doesn't really go beyond that. And then, you know, maybe you've had like a, a more liberal parent, but most of us did not have not did not have liberal parents mm-hmm. in terms of talking about sex and exploring. Um, and even that, for those of us who may have had a liberal parent, that when I when I hear stories from um, men and women about sex, it's it's more like permission to do it. Yeah. Or my mom knew I was having sex, so she put me on birth control, mm-hmm. you know? But that still doesn't talk about, well, honey, when, you know, when you are engaged in sex, are you making your needs known? Hello. Or you, that kind of discussion doesn't really, it, it doesn't really occur. If it does, it's pretty unusual. Um, so now I'll, I'll take you just a little bit further into um, some of the work that we do, which I'll describe kind of like the pathology that becomes assigned with how we socialize sex. Yeah. So King and I go around um, around the country and we speak at different domestic violence centers um, or um, transition centers for, for women and children. Mm-hmm. And we do a workshop called Redefining Sexuality. And um, it's, it's, yes, you know, sure, it's therapeutic, but we also do, you know, kind of have a fun time because so much of what's going on in those shelters is helping women transition back to independence and, and um, become financially and emotionally stable. Yeah. But it's important, and it's important to me, it's part of my own personal story, uh, that women are also able, or people that have been uh, either abused or in sexually abusive relationships, that they're able to recognize their own identity sexually mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, uh, they go into these relationships under the same thing that I was telling you, a very, very generic background. And then their their experiences around sex and intimacy are completely defined by their abuser. Yeah. So wow. um, an experience of this is one of our clients explained to us that she knows exactly, um, she remembers her rape with her husband every time, very specifically because she was was impregnated each time. Oh, wow. So each one of her, yeah, and so heavy. Each one, and she said those were, um, those were her kind of orgasmic experiences in which she had a gun to her head and was raping her and which she became pregnant. And so her experience with sex is violent. Yeah. Wow. And, yes. Right. So, um, and so like, how does one, like certainly she'll get a job and she'll be able to take care of herself and her children, but how does she get into a relationship again um, with with that type of experience being her defining sexual experience as mm-hmm. a young woman? So, you know, we have to really start from bare bones with that um, and talk about just touch, just simple touch. When, uh, when, I, touch, when I touch your arm, Vanessa, mm-hmm. um, how do you want me to touch it? Mm-hmm. You know, you might say touch... Um, you know, like touch it soft. Okay, soft like a feather or soft like a tickle. And I mean, we get so detailed. Um, do you want me to tap you lightly? Do you want to stink on your own? There's so many different variations that we have not given any thought about what that means to us. I don't know. And, and we get all the time, I don't know how I want to be touched, whatever you think. Like, mm. no, it's not whatever I think. Right. You know, not um, so many women that we work with in these uh, in this capacity, and and I'm, and this is not by any means exclusive to just women in shelters. I'm really sharing with you a more extreme, yeah, um, the more extreme end for sure. But um, they they say no one has ever asked me that. Yeah, you know, I I I like to be touched 
however he wants me to be mm-hmm. touched, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that to me is, is really how we've gotten to this point as adults where we are afraid to explore anything. We are certainly afraid of being judged. If something feels good to me, but it's not mainstream, I don't know if I want to share that with my partner because he or she may think I'm weird. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, or... <laughs> Um, or I don't even know, you know, why I like feet so much or, um, for me, I'll I'll just share personally. I like the scent of, um, I like a a very primal scent. So I'm very turned on by people's natural pheromones. Oh, yeah. So like when I'm with my partner, I prefer that he doesn't shower right away, you know, or I like a little bit of like a musky smell when he comes in from working out. But it took a really long time for me to admit this because <laughs> it's like, ew, you like dirty guys. Right. And, you know, and especially if he's like my husband, my husband's like, I want to jump in the shower. Like, what do you, I want to jump in the shower first. Like, please stop. Don't. <laughs> I know, right, but that is something that I had to and and will have to explain with all of my partners that, you know, I really enjoy your natural pheromones. There's nothing nasty or bad about your, if you're a healthy person, your general scent is fine. Yeah, right. You know, and even your, even your sweat, like if you don't, of course, let it sit for a long time, (laughs) it's fine. Jasmine, you're raising you're raising my self esteem today because I'm here smelling like a small bag of onions. Because when I go out and teach, (laughs) that left side is my funky side, but you know what? That's that's me though. That's all me, and I appreciate that. Exactly, that is your hard that is your hard earned (laughs) But it's true. So you know, I, I have to explain that this is something that I really like. And, you know, if it, obviously, if it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. But for most people, we were, we are so socialized that um, men and women like to have sex right out of the shower. Mm-hmm. You know? And anything that doesn't look like that is nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So even, like, you know, bedroom sex, bedroom sex. And then when you talk to like, oh, we had sex in the kitchen. Oh, my God. Are you <laughs> You know? And then for me, I'm like... Yeah, we had sex in front of like a hundred of uh, uh, audience of a hundred people in a club, <laughs> and it was the most exhilarating thing in my life. <laughs> you know? So, and everyone's looking giving, at you like, you know, "Oh wait, that kitchen sex was nothing then, nothing." Exactly. <laughs> you know? So it's it's being free that's important. It's how to help people be completely free to enjoy what it is that they like. To also help them be able to communicate what it is that they like and don't like and you know how to negotiate that with their with their partner or potential partners in a way that you know can be accepted you you have to make some compromises not everybody likes you know um the same thing and, and finding areas that they're compatible with so a lot of our work centers around um around those three things wow no that's a that's amazing i think that it's this. This makes me think. Also, I'm about. I'm about to go social issues into this. <laughs> okay. 
I was I had a conversation a little while ago with a woman named Alicia Bunyan Sampson, and she wrote a bunch of articles about being black and polyamorous. Do you think mm-hmm. especially for and she was basically her whole point was it's difficult, it's different than your mainstream polyamorous person. It's different also to try and explain that to a partner. And she found herself being like, I don't want to be with white partners. I want to I love black people, but introduce them mm-hmm. to this, introduce them to what I'm into. I'm, I'm a polyamorous person. I want to be in a polyamorous right. relationship. Do you feel that it's not different, but do you feel like there's a certain invisibility or maybe there's like an underground <laughs> fetish movement with some black folks? Or do you feel oh, like yeah. when you bring it up, it's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that's what's up. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm cool with that. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I we, <laughs> we have this discussion quite a bit um, because <laughs> most of our audience is people of color. Mm, um, and, that's awesome. And they definitely... Yeah, they definitely seek us out um, because, you know, we are people of color doing some kinky things. So right. and we're very, very open about it. So it allows them like, okay, well, somehow they're managing to do this on an open platform and not be stoned down or <laughs> ostracized from, from their community and their family. Right. Um, so they may be a good, you know, a good starting place. And, and I take a lot of, um, a lot of, of pride and honor to be that that point of contact for um, for folks like me that, that need someone that looks like them to ask those questions. And I will tell you that I do um, I do think that there's somewhat of a movement of black folks in, in the kink space. They've mm-hmm. always been there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's the important thing, too, is that they've always been there, but it's taken things like move, mainstream movies like Shades of Grey um, to start that conversation. Yeah. And... Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, that's again another reason why you know there's a, there's a, definitely a lot of um, critics have have made have shared their opinion uh, about the about the movie, and you know for good or bad, for me it's more about giving us an opportunity to have a conversation mm. about something that is normally like you know hush, that's weird, that's nasty, that's mm-hmm. what those people do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do think that we have been. We've been oppressed for a very long time mm-hmm. in pretty much every every way possible, and our sexuality is no different than that. We've been very stereotyped sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, our range of relationships have been very limited in the eyes of, of the media that we see, um, the way that we're portrayed. You know, we it's very rare that we get to see ourselves experiencing love in our adult entertainment or even our mainstream entertainment. Yeah. It is usually surrounded by um, you know, hyper hypersexuality, aggressive um aggression, um or we have really aggression on, on both ends, women and men. So yeah. we don't really see ourselves depicted in even a loving stance, let alone a loving stance within the world of kink. Mm-hmm. So um, because of that, I think there are some things that are very natural to us that we continue to repress and repress and repress because we're not sure that that's a lot, like, you know, that's acceptable for us because there are no images of it. Um I think that we even started to see kind of a liberation of 
like a, a women's sexual empowerment. And by no means am I saying that she is um, the depiction for women's empowerment. I, I really like her as an artist. But like Rihanna, when she came out with her um, S&M song. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about right? that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's recent pop culture. But uh, it allowed us to be like, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she is a young black woman um, that, giving great visuals and audio about, you know, S&M and, and uh, the BDSM world. So I think little, you know, little pieces of that coming through are extremely helpful to us to allow us to frame ourselves in a way that is different than media has. The other thing, too, is that black culture is strongly rooted in religion and, and church, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And because so much of our teachings of how to be um, upstanding women uh, and really men and women come from our teachings in the church, then that definitely has downplayed our activity, our sexual activity, because the church only goes so far as to say, you know, wait until you're married. Right. Right. So, and then, and then it stops there. It doesn't say, you know, what that married sex could possibly involve. Um, So, yeah, I I think that it's slow, but it's moving in the in the in in the direction, and where we'll have a lot more freedom and and liberty sexually. Um, I know that a lot of the black people that I have met, uh, black and Hispanic people that I've met that are in the king thing, oh, actually, as well as Asian folks. they feel really limited in participating in predominantly white um, BDSM mm-hmm. or kink spaces because there are some things that um, we're not okay with being stereotyped as or t- start types of play that are really centered around race play. Yes. Um, there's a lot of masters and subs and sleeves and that can be a challenge within itself yeah for interracial play you know um so if this is your first time getting into the kink scene and you know you're more on you know looking at bdsm and you walk in and there's a bunch of white folks and they are everyone has a master and a slave you're kind of like wait a minute i don't know that i want to finish this (laughs) hold on now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so Um, interesting you say that yeah, one of my friends, mm-hmm. we were talking, and she's like, I'm just not sure if I, I could be into the chains thing. Like, chains is, like, right. too triggering mm-hmm. for me to even, like, mm-hmm. try and, like, like or the, even right. the ropes and being, like, being tied down by wrists and stuff. I know in talking to some yeah. folks, they're like, that. I don't know if I could really fly <laughs> all the way with that. So, yeah, I definitely yeah, I, hear that. That makes perfect sense, and, and, and I don't think people appreciate enough of how ingrained our, um, you know, and really even how relevant certain things are to us from, as I'll just go with Americans in, in, in our country, how uh, people of color have been treated and what those triggers are and how deep they are. Right. You know, we don't get to do it. It's hard for us to turn it around. It's like, let's just think, King always uses the example of um, a black man in, in handcuffs. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, right. You know, like, a lot of us women are like, oh, you know, I want to tie my man up. But for, for black men, that can really, it can certainly be a trigger whether they have ever been involved in law with law enforcement or not. Right. Um, so a lot of the work that we do is helping people 
really, really, really explore, you know, like your friend talking about the change, you know, why, why is that a trigger for you? Let's talk through that. So what would it take for you to experience any form of bondage um, comfortably to start with? Right. So my area of expertise is psychological domination. I prefer not using any tools at all, especially as I'm starting with a new, um, a new sub is doing most of my play through, um, through just commands of, of my mouth and, and ex- helping them exercise self-control without restraint. Oh. And so this kind of levels the playing field for people who are definitely triggered or feel like that would be too much, um, giving up too much control to someone. Wow. So, yeah, there's, there's so much. There's so much. There's less. There's, there's less to this. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. Stuff. You know, I want to. I want to mention, especially to, to your listeners. Um, let's just say, from a psychological a psychological standpoint, things like um, rips and chains and taking orders from from anyone is not an issue. And you know, this is an area that you're looking into in terms of kink, turning it, turning up the notch. We really um, encourage people that whoever your your coaches are or whoever it is that is going to be teaching you or practicing on you or whoever you're working with mm-hmm. really does take into account if you are a person of a, a person of color in the context of things like being tied up and rigged mm-hmm. because there are certain safety indicators that are different for people of color than it is for white people. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems so, so silly, but um, someone who does, let's just talk about um, someone who ties rope. And we, we practice um, and work closely with a gentleman by the name of um, Cernati mm-hmm. and Pandora of Perversion. And they, um, they, they are a, a white couple and they do bondage, but we learned um, in working with him and, uh, Oh goodness! Um, another name is escaping me, but mm-hmm. another gentleman. Oh, I know, uh, Sir Dread. Mm-hmm. That things like looking at the tips of someone's fingertips to make sure that the rope or whatever whatever apparatus you're using is not too tight. Mm. It takes us a little longer to turn blue. Yeah, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. And even something as you know, like choking. Um, my face is not going to turn red. <laughs> right. Not. I'm going to be black and then I'm going to be dead. (laughs) (laughs) So those are certain like considerations from a safety standpoint that I want anyone who's listening that is looking to get into something a little bit more kinky to just give some thought with whoever it is that you're working with. Those indicators are going to be different for you than they may be for for people that they're accustomed to working right. with. Um, so as black people, we do have to be a, a bit more careful about certain things because um, not everything in the manual is written for us. Right, right. Well, speaking of that, oh, wow. I could talk to you all day. This stuff is so fascinating. Um, <laughs> so in, 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 in talking about, you started giving out some tips and exploring. That's basically what I, yeah, that's basically my question. How can someone get tuned into their kinks or fetishes? And how do you think they can become comfortable in expressing them? Or I guess even finding them. Like, how do we... Yeah. All right. This is my thing. I'm going, I want to do this. <laughs> How did it get started? Okay. So one of the first steps that we take with every single um, one of our, whether clients, students, or just inquisitive person is we ask them to take a fetish survey on um, 
it's on our website. It's under fetish training on there. And it is, there's probably like over a hundred different types of fetishes um, listed. And it has a yes, no, maybe column. And it's really just an opportunity for you to sit with yourself um, and, and go through this list and say, like, yes, I definitely want to try that. Um, to hell no, if anybody ever pees on me, I am. <laughs> That's a no for me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a no for you, right? Okay. And, um, and, and then the maybe column, which is like, you know, I'm not really sure. Like, maybe I would pee on someone, but I definitely wouldn't get peed on. Yeah, you know? right. So, I mean, and, um, so there's, there's, list of hundreds of different fetishes which is still every single day I'm like holy crap I have to add I have to add this to the list you know it's endless um and so we ask our we ask our clients to take that uh take that little quiz or survey and and then we we sit and we talk about it you know like why why well I'll ask you well I know to um to urine Mm -hmm. why know to pee play yeah and, you know, and they, you know, make that, I think it's disgusting, um, you can get sick from that, or I think it's so degrading, or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want anyone peeing on me, and then, then I'll come back and I'll say, well, um, what if I can show you they place to do it, and you are the one doing the peeing? Yeah. Then it's like, oh, well, well that's different. <laughs> well, I'm down. So, <laughs> and no one says that, no one says that it's quite has to be fair. It just has to be consensual. <laughs> yes. serving i'm gonna to have to go find it i want to check it out so say that the person say that person's in a regular degular smegular vanilla 
<laughs> relationship. Uh-huh. How do you advise them of just first bringing this up with a partner? Like, I know, I think I've, I've had girlfriends say like, yeah, well, you know, to get him to start choking me, like I will, during sex, I'll place his hand like around my neck and then you'll have your partner who respects you so much and be like, um, what do you do? What what?" What are you doing? Exactly. And like take their hands mm-hmm. off and then they'll be like, I tried again and they don't get the get the hint. So I guess how do we I guess if one person's like ready and the other person just doesn't even know that this person has a fetish, how do you advise someone bringing that up to their partner? So I strongly advise not doing it in the bedroom. Okay. Um, wow, great. Yeah, that's that's one one of the one of the reasons is because in the bedroom can be a very intimidating space mm-hmm. to um, to learn something new about your partner. I mean, we do a lot of exploring as it is in the bedroom. <laughs> right, but when right. you're talking about really, you know, when you're talking about really changing up the speed, the style, yeah. of your intimacy, I think it deserves a conversation um, because someone can potentially get let down or feel rejected or feel insecure. Let's say choking. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it. I personally do it um, with my partners that enjoy it. I but I don't like to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just uh, I don't always feel the most comfortable mm-hmm. for for whatever reason. Yeah. But um, and there have been there have been times where I've been with my partner and they've done they put my hand on their neck, but for fear of like doing it wrong or being just intimidated by, like, am I doing it enough? Am right. I pleasing enough, not enough? Right. I felt almost like shutting down inside. Like, I just want I just want all this to stop. I don't feel prepared for this. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, now, you know, I've been able to get some more education and, and also learn how to do it properly or how to negotiate these things. When you ask me to choke, do you feel pressure? Do you really want me to knock you out? Like, yeah. what do you understand? <laughs> um, and, and having those discussions, because each person is different, really allows me to be a better lover. So I think um, the way that I strongly suggest is, you know, saying, like, I was listening to Bad Steam, and they were having this crazy conversation with this crazy lady. There you go. There you go. (laughs) You know? and Blame um, it on us. (laughs) Have them listen listen to the show. Share it with your partner. That, to me, has been one of the biggest success stories is when my client, when they're, you know, just they're um, seeking this on their own to bring to their relationship is take the information that you learn and share it with your partner and then ask, what did you think about it? What did you find interesting mm-hmm. about it? This mm-hmm. is the area that I was most interested in. What do you think about incorporating something like that into our relationship? Mm. Um, and then that way you don't have to worry about facing, you know, too much rejection because you know, you're you're introducing an idea and you're open for the discussion. Right. Um, your partner doesn't have to feel pressured. I'm in I'm in the moment and now she's asking me to spank her. Right. Um, I don't want to hurt her. Right. And right. and that that person's reaction is right because you can hurt somebody if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Or for me, if you just whack if I say spank me and you just whack me on my ass as hard as you possibly can, forget it. That's the end of sex. <laughs> That's it. I hope you came because I'm getting up. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. Right. You have, I have to <laughs> Right. I'm done with I this. I have to be warmed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. But I, you know, I love, I love to, to negotiate the kind of thing that, that I want coming up. Yeah. So I might say, like, okay, 
I definitely want you to spank me, but don't go too hard to begin with. Like, yeah. Me up or wait until I'm, like, all the way to the group or until I've had at least one orgasm first. You know, it doesn't right. have to be that particular. Um, but give some guidance. And then that way you can have, like, full consensual sex, and it can be a lot more fun than nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done, Kay and I, we've tried things on that list that we were, you know, just becoming newly familiar with it. And it, we failed miserably, but because we talked about it, we wind up laughing and having kind of some of the best sex because, mm. you know, it's just it's fun and we shared an experience together. Yeah. Um, that, you know, didn't turn out like maybe where it looked in, in a film or something <laughs> or <laughs> right. in an online tutorial, but it was fun because we had the, the, the turn on time of talking about it. Wow. Um, and then you know, building that trust that if I ask my partner to try something with me, he or she will. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then going at it the way that we decided and whether, you know, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, you at least have built a certain level of, um, of intimacy, trust, and rapport with one another. Definitely. So that is my suggestion for introducing these things to your partner. Yes, I love that. And I think just to add on top of your point, I think with bringing up anything new in a relationship, you have to be prepared that the other person is not going to be into it right away. Maybe it'll take them yep. some time or maybe they need to like <laughs> feel like they need, I need to go research this. I need to go read up on this before they feel they, before they feel like they can. Cause I've had, you know, friends of mine, I've known people, people in my classes who will be like, well, I asked them if they want to bring an extra person in and they didn't want to. So they automatically uh-huh. see it as like a rejection. And it's like, no, they could, probably have their own feelings about it or maybe they just yeah. haven't warmed up to the idea yet and I, I like how you said a while ago it's the first step is consent so if the person's not with it like mm-hmm. all right we gotta we gotta step back okay give them some yeah. time and then maybe a couple months down the line hey, you know hey I was thinking about this again you know I didn't mm-hmm. know if you had any more thoughts on this because I think sometimes we see an, just the automatic no or the hesitation no. as, like, rejection when it's it, it's not that sometimes. Absolutely. And think about it. When, you know, especially if you've been with, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate now um, in, in having spent so much time thinking about what I like and what I don't like mm-hmm. and even being open to revisiting things again. Yeah. Um, or... I'm fortunate that as I open as I open new relationships and have new experiences with people, that I can be very forthcoming with that. Um, and but for those that have been in long term relationships, it it can be very very hard on the ego. Yeah, um, yes. It can be hard on the heart. And sometimes hearing like I want to try something new sounds to to the person receiving the information with I'm bored or you're not satisfying mm. me. I um. You know, when it, that, that's not where but it means, I've had women say things like, he's going to want to know where I got this idea from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as if, as if, you know, we can't just decide that I, I want to try something different with my body or I want to try something different with you. It's yeah. not often, you know, it's not often taken as like, wow, I'm so happy that now that my partner wants to try something new, she or he's bringing it to me and including me. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it doesn't. It feels like, you know, what am, am, is my missionary not good enough for you? Right. Do you nice stuff doesn't anymore? <laughs> is this vanilla not great for you? <laughs> and um, um, it can just be, I got new information. I want to share it with you. Yeah. 
Right. Other th- other ways is just giving that disclaimer. I and I'll be the first to tell you I love my good good old vanilla missionary. <laughs> I'm too tired all in pure. Right. Right. I right. <laughs> I, it, 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 I would not give that up for any one kinky thing. Right. So you know, with my partner, it's not. It's never to say that that isn't good enough. It's to say that. When the you know when the opportunity presents itself, I'm totally cool with having someone else bringing someone else in. Yeah, you know, or um, and when I say that, it doesn't. I want her to stay forever. Yes, speak on that. <laughs> yes, know, right. Exactly. You know that. And and that's that's a natural. You know, the jealousy and protectiveness. Yeah. Those things they're normal. They're natural. And I agree with you 100. percent Give them the time to reflect on it and. Give your partner that reassurance. When I'm telling you this, it's not because I am unhappy. Yeah. It's just because these, these new thoughts are giving me excitement. And I love you so much. I want to make sure you you got first dibs on this. Yes. <laughs> you know? You see how you just got to refrain it, girl. That's the therapist. In all there you go. That's what I'm... Hey, I'm 100% <laughs> there with you. And whenever... I mean, I, when I've done classes, I've had women say, like, you know, I'm really, I, I, I want to learn how to squirt, but I think he'll, I think he'll think that's disgusting. And I'm like, wait, one, does it feel good? Two, what the hell is he complaining about? Like, I just, my brain, exactly. <laughs> my brain, and I think sometimes, I and I think that's saying, I think that's bringing back to what you said originally about the scripts. If she's introducing something new or he's coming here with some new stuff, then it must be Oh, you must have been, you know, I, the people I work with, they go to cheating. They're like, Oh, you must have learned that from someone else. And it's like, wait, uh-huh. wait, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> where is this coming from? And so for me, it's, it's, yeah. I'm on the same page as you. If it's something awesome and you're bringing it my way, you're talking through it with me. Like, let's have a conversation yes. about it. Like, but to turn it into an accusatory, you know, what are you yeah. doing? Where did yeah. you learn that? That's, I mean, I'm happy when my right. partner brings something to the bedroom because I'm like, wait, whoa, wait, you you studying? Okay, okay. I see. It. Right, you trying to you trying to try new things, and I'm with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we, I mean, we all have our, our bag of insecurities. Yes, and if you can, if you can kind of appreciate just how limited we've been with um with our sex education, with our um permission for ourselves or permission for people around us to try different things sexually, then then we do feel challenged when someone brings something new to the table. Um, you know, there there are there are times when, you know, I'll watch a, a particular uh, adult entertainment video and I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. how did you do that? You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm like, change the game. Right. Yes. You know, that's right. <laughs> right. Um, so we got, we have egos, we have all of those things tied into our sexuality, but, you know, we can kind of cover it layer by layer, and you can definitely do it alongside with your partner. Most of um, my women clients, they feel like as they as they approach it, and very gently and, and very, with a lot of consideration, that their partners are just, they're super happy, mm-hmm. um, and and then they find out new things about their partner that, you know, it usually just takes one person to initiate it, yeah. you know, and the other one will then say, like, oh, well, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad you said something because I've been looking, you know, for something new, too, but I didn't know what you would be open to. Yeah, So sure. the fetish quiz, I'm telling you guys, the fetish quiz, and take these episodes um, of that you're learning and start playing them, playing them around the house, send them to your loved one and be like, I want you to listen to this and 
um, you can pick one thing that was mentioned on the radio show for us to try, and I'm with it. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, I know that I, I lied to you on the time. I'm I'm holding you longer, but I got two more questions. So, what what do you think has been the most interesting kink that you've either learned about or somebody has introduced to you? Um, because it it makes me think of I think I'll, I don't know what show maybe it was I think I went to the Museum of Sex in New York and they were showing different kinks and I. The most interesting one to me was, or maybe two, was people having sex with balloons. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that one was interesting. I just never thought about uh-huh. that. And that's when I realized, oh, wait, we could, there's, there's everything. If you think you're by yourself in something, no. <laughs> and I think no, the second no. one was, um, I think this was like a, a category of porn, but it was the they showed different video clips of women like like um not eating but like putting toy soldiers in their mouths and mm-hmm. i forgot what that was called but it was kind of like simulating like being eaten and i and i was reading uh-huh. up on that and so those were my two interesting ones what what have you seen as the most interesting ones you've encountered so, um, so as you're talking, I am having like all kinds of flashbacks, right? And I can't talk. <laughs> there, um, oh my God, there have been so, so many interesting ones. I'll, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you about my experience with ballooning because that was definitely, um, I was like, this is, and then I'll tell you, um, so I was like, this is strange. Um, I am not hurting anyone. Right. Um, I'm hurting animals or children or elderly or vulnerable people, but this still feels really, really strange, <laughs> right? So, um, I actually do have on Royal Fetish, Royal Fetish XXX.com. That is our kinky adult, um, adult entertainment porn uh, site. Mm-hmm. I have some um, videos of looning, and that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so it's and, and it took me it took me a while. I was getting some custom requests. Um, to to be a lunar and or getting custom requests from lunars to do looning. Let me get that right. <laughs> and um, actually, the first person who uh, requested that I do this was a black male that had felt really, really marginalized in his fetish because he loved black women, but he could not find any black women to participate in ballooning mm. for him or with him. Because of the same reaction that you and I had. Right. Like, wait, what? Right. And, um, <laughs> right. So I was very honest with him that, you know, I, I it's a, it is a fetish that I can participate in because it doesn't cross any of my ethical boundaries yeah. or legal boundaries. Right. But I really don't, I don't feel turned on by balloons, and I'm really having a hard time understanding how someone does. Mm-hmm. So um, what he, you know, what he did was he shared with me kind of when this fetish began. Um, and what it was is that as a child, as a young child, he had a, a cousin that was a bit older, and she had one of those big hoppity-hop balloons. Um, they're the ones that you may have seen them on kids' shows mm-hmm. from back in the day where they would have races with the balloons bouncing. Yes. They really look like the balls that we work out with. Yeah, like the, the workout ball. Right, workout. right. Workout balls, exactly. So these ones just had a handle. And um, his cousin, who was a little bit older, she would sit 
on the balloons, and at that time, he was in his puberty age, so it was around the time that he got his first erection. Mm. So, somehow, um, her, his, the images of her sitting on that balloon and where he was in terms of puberty, it, it just, it, it never wow. left him. It was that first turn on that had stayed with him through his adult life. Wow. Um, he went on to share that he would do little things like, okay, so I'm dating myself um, <laughs> and probably some of your listeners, but <laughs> do you remember they used to do those furniture pieces, like uh, chairs, they were made of balloons. They were like kind of like um. Like yes. the things that you go in the pool with. The like the blow-up. Like, yeah, like you, you blow yes. in them to, yes, yes. Yes, so they had like little couches and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So he, to satisfy the fetish, now this is how fetishes can become um, really interesting, even to a certain extent, I say dangerous, when we're unable to express ourselves, express what we need yeah. to um, get off. And then we start tricking people. Yeah. Like, when people put stuff like cameras in the bathroom and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Because they're lawyers and they can't just go to a club and watch people. They have to be creeps about it. Right. Um, so, <laughs> right. what he was doing, he was blowing up this furniture in his house, these balloon-style um, furniture pieces, inviting his dates over. He was over-inflating them so mm. that they would sit on them, and at some point in the night, they would pop. <gasps> and that, yes, that was his turn-on was to see a woman sit on a balloon and pop it. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. So, for me, it was like, you know, really, in the big scheme of things, seemingly harmless of a fetish. No, you know, <laughs> no one got hurt or what have you. But it was still, he, he wasn't being honest. Right. And he was getting off on somebody um, without them even knowing it. So, you know, fast forward, he, you know, has to wants to be able to be more open about this fetish and wants to be able to um, experience it without being a creep (laughs) and also um, also being able to see women that he is that he's actually attracted to participate in his fetish so you know we we do um, clips for clients like like for him I have some bouncing around Um, very particular he likes leather shorts very very particular so to me that one, that one was a bit different, really just hearing about kind of how it developed right. time and also how specific he is about, like, he, he has sent me the balloons and the pumps. It tells me how much to pump the balloons up to. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that one was very, yeah. very now, specific. Yes. <laughs> and um, so he and I have also done, he shot me doing um, a few other videos where some of my clients like to see me pop the balloons in different, different ways and we thought it was the same thing kind of went at it like okay this is different but uh, you know whatever this is what they like they're paying if I can get hurt I'll do it yeah um, and King and I were filming it and I'm doing things like I'm licking on the balloons I'm popping them with my heels I'm rubbing them on my butt he's having a good time and he's like wait a minute we have to stop for a second I'm like what's going on he's like I'm like literally getting an erection watching you play with <laughs> and it was really funny because it was something that he had never right. ever considered to be sexy yeah yeah. It's like, wow, you know, you, you, I'm attracted to you and you sexualizing that object um, actually is a turn on for me. So we learn, you know, some things about ourselves shooting for some of our clients. Yeah. That was probably one of um, the more interesting ones. 
But one that has come across um, has come across our screen that we have been very, very adamant about um, reporting and, and blocking this type of stuff is I've had people offer me to um, step on little little animals like oh um, no, like like cats, chickens. yeah, no, live, yeah, live baby animals. Um, it's called it's called trampling and crushing. Wow. Um, and yeah, so um, just for the record, Jasmine and all of my affiliates do not participate in any type of activity that harms animals, children, vulnerable people, or non-consensual situations. Yeah. So obviously, that that is um, a place that we would not work with, or um, yeah, or be affiliated with. But it, those those types of fetishes, I, I I think it's one thing. You know, we can talk about kink, and it is good, and it, it's got a great, it, it's definitely a huge benefit to um, involve some new kinky practices in your life, but I, I think that it's only fair to also mention that there's extremes of everything, and um, yes. in kink, there are some, some practices that are just not okay. That's one of them. Right on. All right. So, I'm going to be thinking <laughs> about that. I'm going to be thinking about that one now. <laughs> So my last question for you is, I know you got the Royal Films. I know you got the fetish trainings. You have so much uh-huh. stuff. And something that I'm always challenging my clients with is building, of course, this is Vagistine, building their Vagistine, which is basically the concept of one building confidence of their vagina, of their vulvas, and of themselves, wholly, their bodies themselves. Um, And I feel that once a woman feels good about herself, she's willing to engage in, like, more satisfying sex. She's willing to put herself out there, get what she needs, and ask for what she wants. So you, I mean, of course, beautiful, beautiful woman, how do you build your vagistine? Like, how do you continually get yourself like just there like how are you constantly building your vagistine on a daily basis that's a great question the biggest thing for me is doing what i want and saying no to the things i don't want Mm. Mm. Yes. it's not not just sexually at all i mean i feel empowered day just regular day waking up and doing what what needs to be done um that really does have a a direct impact on how i feel sexually and my majesty it's totally connected to the decisions that i make that really have nothing to do with my my sexuality so you know being invited somewhere and i know that i don't want to do that you know, it doesn't sit well with me yeah. or I'd rather rest and be with my family and making those types of decisions for myself. So empowering. Yes. Um, yes. I like that, I, that one. That is honestly how, yeah, that's really how I feel. Yeah. I feel the most like a woman, um, and the sexiest when I am in control of myself. And when I say I'm in control of myself, that doesn't mean like I'm, putting other people down or not allowing myself to be vulnerable with other people. I would think that that is even control is allowing myself to be vulnerable. Um, So the more, uh, the more opportunities I uh, take control of myself, my decisions and my day, 
sexier I feel, the higher my value esteem is, mm-hmm. um, the higher I can elevate those people around me. Yes. I'm getting better at, I, I don't think, it's, it's not, it, it's a constant work in progress. Um, but I'm getting much better about doing those things guilt-free. Yes. Doing it, right? And then number two is how do you feel about it? Like, so for me, it's like, I know that the right thing for me to do is to say no. And the second step is I know that I don't want to feel guilty about saying no. Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm about 80% of the way there. About 20% of the time I feel real bad. Or I'm like, oh, you know, that person really would have liked me to do this, or this would have been nice for everybody else but me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and but 80 percent of the time, I'm like, you did the right thing for yourself. You feel, you know, don't you feel good, girl? And then girl says, yes, yes, let's keep going. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yes, 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 yes. I'm right there with you. You gotta, you gotta learn how to but, say no sometimes. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah, and then say yes to the things that you want. Absolutely, you know that's that's just as much of it too. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do that, but oh my goodness, what are people going to think? You know, yeah, that still comes across my mind. As much stuff as I have out there to the world, (laughs) sometimes you believe it or not, it looks like I'll do anything, right? But sometimes I'm like, that'd be so awesome. I mean, so let you be the first one to know. Um, yes, I, I was um out for kink.com mm-hmm. was with a transgender actress mm-hmm. and I have never had that experience before and I certainly wrestled with it like oh my gosh what people think it's one thing I've done um, scenes with a man uh, you know uh, uh, and it's out there to the public um, I've done some soft scenes with women out there to the public yeah now with it you know with someone that's transgender and but I was like, but I really want to do this, and I don't know if the opportunity will present itself again. It's like an amazing company, and the actress is beautiful, and 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 a really nice person. So do it if you want to do it. Yeah. And, and I did, and um, and I'm really I'm happy that I made that decision. But a couple of years ago, I probably would have what I think people would have wanted me to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yes. Right on. Thank you. Oh my God. Well, that was a beautiful way <laughs> to um, to bring our conversation to a close. I had such a great time talking with you. I mean, I feel I'm like fine. everything that you said was just so insightful. And I mean, it just brings me closer because like I said, I just know what I know from being in, from just, you know, reading and like talking to folks, but this was really insightful. So I really appreciate your time and talking with us today. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and I will see you soon. Yes. Before you leave, where can listeners find you? And do you have any upcoming things that you want us to support you on? Thank you for asking. Um, please follow us on social media, Jet Setting Jasmine, and my partner, King Noir, N-O-I-R-E. And upcoming events, oh boy, we're traveling all over the place. So if you have any listeners in London, we will be there the, um, starting the beginning of March. Yes. We are taking a trip to Hiddenism, Jamaica at, in September. I think that is our next open event. Okay. Um, so if you are looking to come to a all-inclusive, um, half-crude, half-nude 
time and to make this amazing, amazing lifestyle event, whether you are on the um, conservative side of things or you're looking for a wild time, there's something for everybody. And that is going to be September 30th to October 5th. So that information is also on our website and social media. We're on anything that has an app symbol, you can find us on it. Yay! Awesome. Great meeting you, Jasmine. Thank you so much. And I look forward to working with you some more and learning some more. Thank you. (laughs) You too. Bye. All right. So on to our segment, Mansplains It All. How you doing, Paris? I am. I am good. My eyes are open. Right. So we got a couple topics today. We got um, the first one. <laughs> the first one I found on Twitter and it was making its rounds. It's from I will not I'm not going to say his name because there's no need for me to be getting him more likes when I need them. Um, but this guy on Twitter said men not supposed to moan during sex. That's the that's the woman job. And I quote. Our job is to make primal grunts, cuss, and shit. say unholy shit in her ear while we beat. Lick that toe. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been seeing variations of this and the same, like, just variations of this basically being like men aren't supposed to moan during sex. So what do you think, Paris? Are men, are, are, are men weak if they, if they show emotion during relations? We're not doing blood curling calls or like we're not doing like the, like the like the porn woman like the uh, uh, none of that. Even that none is that. annoying as shit. None but. of that. <laughs> By the way, ladies, we don't want you to do that. Like we know you're faking hundred percent when you're doing like the porn woman thing. I cannot do like when even when I hear it, I'm just like, yeah. I d- get, yeah. Like it just when that happens, like every guy knows. Like when you do that, you literally just want to stop and be like, really. Stop. Some people get it. Some people, don't, I guess that's the way your, to get your it. Your ego is mad low. If you oh, okay. Well, then fine. Look, I'm glad that you said that for the record because you know, you know, if you know, if it's they in like, like it. every other porno but though. So you know it must when they like it. Thing. You know, you know if a woman likes it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. When you, we can say this, whatever. When it's, you when you pull it out, and she go, what what, what you doing? <laughs> that's when you know you're doing what you're supposed to do. Test it every once in a while, fellas. Just like pull it out, so, and then she's like, oh, "No, stop, stop! What, what you doing? What you?" That's when you know you're doing. What you, if you pull it out and she's just looking at you, she might as well just did the, the porn lady. The porn lady, like, ah, ah. <laughs> you might as well should have just done that. All right. But so. as far as the whole <laughs> guy grunting, like, um, whatever you're into, like, if you're in a mood, I guess if you if you that much of a thug and you're just gangbanging don't do it um if you're a thug there, I guess there are levels to like the moaning yeah you depending on your voice I think it should go over a certain octave okay y'all but as, as long as you're enjoying yourself do whatever you want to do and if you're gonna be a guy that moans, just make sure that you're okay. If she puts you on blast, that you can carry that around, being no known as the moaner. Should be putting anyone on blast. So when I saw this, that's I, the world we live in. I immediately was like, first of all, what the? 
okay. He doesn't get any ass, obviously. You can I tell mean, this guy is just like... Why did he say this? Like, was he watching something? He heard a moan, like, he heard a man moan, and then he was like, you know, I've really got to write something about this. Or did a moan come from him, and he was like, <laughs> he was whoa, whoa, hey! Scarred for life. <laughs> whoa, whoa! What happened there? And so, when I see stuff like this... I just feel like this is the continual. I'm about. I'm about to try and go semi deep. This is the okay. continual damage of men because they can't ever just tap into their most intimate and their most. Yo, we're supposed to just be letting loose in this interaction. Like for you to be controlling the the octave and the type of moans coming out of you. Like that's a shame, yo. For men to like constantly be on alert on like what you could even do in your own damn bedroom. No. <laughs> no. Only because, all right, set in the mood, ladies. Okay. You're sitting there. You guys are having a good time. Yes. You got your Joe to see on. You got your candles Jodeci. lit. You got the incense. This is 95 sex. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you guys are into it. You're into it. And just think about this. <sighs> From a guy. You're stopping and you're laughing. There's no laughing. Yes, you are. First of all, we don't know what happens in every person's bedroom. So there's a one. Two, it's like. If you're having sex with a girl and she goes, ugh, ugh, ugh. I'm like, be, I'm stopping. That I'm might be her own. That might be her thing. Like, for instance, see, for me, this is very, like, gender rise. Because, like, Serena always gets, like, pe- like got penalties back in the day because she would do, like, the grunt. Yeah, that grunt when, is sexy. Oh, okay. That's the same damn grunt. No, that it's was not. The, uh, uh, no, hers uh, is, uh, no, that's, no, that's she, active. She no, gave you that she was giving up. She was giving from the diaphragm yes. the ugh, like because no, she was that hitting was, that ball. Mm. So I'm just saying, like, it's why is it that there's different? I just don't understand the different octaves. I just don't even understand why we put men on blast for this shit. Like, let men enjoy. Like, men don't enjoy a lot of things. They don't enjoy crying. You know, some guys are really, really benefit from a good. Whew, I cry every once in a while. Woo! You can't I do that. Let, you can't because dudes are going to talk about you. Yep. So guys don't get to benefit from a lot of things. But can you at least be vulnerable in the bedroom when you're supposed no, to? No, like, because you know what? As much as everyone likes to say it's a man's world, because it's quote unquote man's world, uh-huh. we're victims. Oh, okay. No, I can't. We're victims of being manly. So we have to be men. Oh, so you have to be menly Especially even in, in the, the African American community. I feel like men have to be like there's like a machismo that we all even say is mis- is misogynistic, you- but we also if if a guy is quote unquote soft, he's corny, he like uh, some girls just they don't like it. I need somebody, you know, I need somebody that's a little rough, this, that, and the other. So therefore, most guys think that turns into the bedroom. I have to be a man all the way through. So I can't let my vulnerabilities. I can't tell you. I can't tell you my deepest, my deepest wants or whatever it is sexually. Because what if you're not ready for it? What if I tell you something you don't want to hear? Maybe. Well, would you argue that it takes a certain person to be vulnerable with? Because to me, that's just like too much stress to be sitting here. Um, policing your grunts, policing what you could bring into the bedroom, policing what you look like, because I know some people are like, can't make my old face because it looks too weird. And it's like, yo, this is the time that we're supposed to just let it, just let it loose. Like, just boom, let it out. Well, the lady you were talking to earlier. Okay, yes. 
she has the the, the fetish company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, the majority of the black men who have these certain type of fetishes would never ever think of going to their woman because of what they may perceive as weakness. And I'll even take it to something oh everyone boy. knows, insecure. Every time I there's think, a, every there's time a famous I think we're on scene. the same page, you turn it. Every, no, well, you there, turn it. There's a famous scene from Insecure where the um, Issa's best friend, I forgot her name, she's a lawyer. Molly. Molly. Yeah. They're sitting there, she meets this guy, and he's everything to her. They, they're good, they're talking, they're mm-hmm. talking. And then they start playing a game, which, for instance, if you don't want to know the truth, don't go looking for it. We'll get to that later on as well. Please. If you don't want to know the truth, don't go looking for it. Uh-huh. What is the weirdest thing you've done? They go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he trumps the hell out of her when he goes, yeah, some guy sucked my dick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, no, no, no. It was like in college. Like, it was like some crazy night, like blah, blah, blah. And the entire relationship fell to pieces. She couldn't get over the fact that eight or nine years ago, but somebody me, not- did that. So if I'm opening up myself to you, my vulnerability to you, and I'm letting you know what has happened in the past, this is not me. This is something that happened. Okay. And then you shut me down. What is that going to do for him in the future? He's never going to share anything very intimate because Absolutely. he's going to be afraid that someone's going to turn around and say, "Okay, then fine." But then I would argue that I would I would hope that at the end of the day, whoever that person decides to become, because I'm not saying mar- I was going to say settle down with, but marriage is not for everybody. Um, I would hope that the partners that that folks have would be supportive, like of. What you need, like, I'm not going to take my clothes. Be, like, being naked already is, like, putting you in a vulnerable state. I True. might as well just take it just the whole, the whole just nine yards and just, like, boom. Just, I got to be myself. Now, like Jasmine was saying in the other segment, you can't do, you got to know when you could do that. And, like, you got to know who and what and where. And so, yeah, I would hope with, like, a safe partner, men can be, like, whoo, all right. Moaning, moaning, moaning. I would hope. Well, I, I think hope. a lot of people, they don't get that far into the relationship. Mm, I see what you're saying. To show themselves. So, therefore, they feel like, one, they never will show themselves because they don't get that deep into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or, if they meet somebody that they are attracted to, they may show their hand a little too fast. And that's when either the uh... public humiliation or the private humiliation, whatever it is, shuts that down. And that's for men and women. Like, yeah. if you sit there and I meet a girl for the first day, yeah. the first night, and she pulls out her closet full of, like, dildos and whips, and be like, <laughs> a little too soon. Work me into that. Like, that's not, like... See, but wh- I'm just, where are those, I'm just where are they you, going? I'm just letting you know I'm comfortable with that. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm trying to bring you into my world. And I respect that. <laughs> now, I'm not going to go around and, well, I don't know. Because once again, it depends on how close you are with that person and how, how that night ended. If it ended, like, tragic and you guys, like, just, like, I don't know. Maybe you would tell, like, your friends, like, yo, 
let me tell you what happened the other night. And vice versa. And that's the thing. Like, we all share our intimate moments Mm -hmm. with our friends, which sometimes we shouldn't. Like, we should respect the privacy of that person. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's just a regular rendezvous, like, whatever, girl, yeah, or guy, like, if you're a guy, like, yo, I hit, or the girl is like, I smashed, Mm -hmm. that's cool. But, like... The blow by blow, and I feel like a lot of lot more women share their intimate details with their girlfriends more yeah. than guys share. Like guys are not going to give like a blow by blow. Like we give like the um, <laughs> like the, the the like the wiki notes or like the quick notes of like yes. what happened. Like yeah, we met, smashed, did this, gave that, bam. I feel like a woman is like it's a whole, it's a memoir. Like I can't. We walked in a room. He took one brush. No, you know, like okay. Wow, you're sharing everything. But I, I mean, I would. I would argue and say that just like men probably can't, some men probably feel like they can't be their full vulnerable selves. I guess some women feel like they can't be their full vulnerable selves. So I I even know friends who are like, I love the sex I'm having with my partner, but like I need the help of a toy, like a small one. And their partners are so like, what? Why not? What's that? What's that? What's, what's going on with that? I can't compete with another penis in the bedroom. And it's like, wait, wait, Bruh, wait, wait. Fellas, if any of you guys are listening, if she wants to use that, if that's going to get her there, everybody leaves happy that night. Because we all know you're not stopping till you get there. So if she's right. going to take that, go for it. Do you live and be safe? Like, why are you? I would personally, as a mansplainer, I don't, I have no as problem. I have no problem with that. Like, if that's like, we can bring whatever we're, we can bring whatever you want that's safe into our bedroom. If that means that at the end of the night, we are both going to leave with a smile on our face. Well, or lay next to each other. You get the cookie, a gold star today. Because See? Not everybody's on that point, but I think men should be moaning. Let it out, guys. Just, woo! Just watch the octave. Woo! Watch the octave. Ah! <laughs> like, whatever whatever your thing is. So some guys like, ah! And that's fine, because that's letting me know we are doing a good job. Mm. And, like, this person who, and this, I'll shout this person out, this person on Twitter, as told by Brina, um, said in response to this person, women women have an orgasm quicker when y'all moan, though. <laughs> and so, Is that true? I think it's true. Because Respond back need... to me. Let me know. You can follow this conversation at <laughs> hashtag Vagistine. Let us know what you think. Let the mansplainer know. Just say yes. But I And then give me like the eggplant next to it. It's positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's for me it's positive reinforcement so I need so just like guys want to know that they're doing good women want to know that they're like the work that they're putting in I need actual stories the same way that you go in depth with your girlfriends and t- I need an in depth story of when some guy was moaning with the and that made you just go crazy. I'm with it. I I'm need with it. examples. Fellas, let it all out. Let it hang out. Be yourselves. Because until they know, they won't know. <laughs> so let us know so we can turn around and we can share it to the masses so every guy is going to be in the bedroom on that and Friday then night after, just turning up. And then after that, in your almost deadbeat dad center, you can like hold a class for like... My deadbeat dad's just grunting. You like, already know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> My deadbeat dads are just grunting. That's how they get down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, we have the Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma <laughs> beef. I don't know what to say. It dropped on, um, to give some context, there's a rap battle 
going on <laughs> between He's like a white person. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, I gotta set it up. <laughs> Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. Um, off of some lyrics that Nicki Minaj said in a song with Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Um, <laughs> and Remy Ma decided to clap back. And I remember when this dropped, you texted me and was like, "This is this is a lot." And I didn't expect I didn't expect the mansplainer to do this. Well, so, what were you thinking? I was thinking it's a travesty that these two young women <laughs> are going at each other, and Remy Martin, Remy Ma, um, got really personal. She got really, really mm. personal, and um, she even, uh, I would say, like. Body shamed, mm. slut shamed. Yeah, and go ahead and use those a lot of people. Uh, I've heard these words. <laughs> Just gotta look them up sometimes. <laughs> Antonyms for man, uh. <laughs> or synonyms for mansplaining. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of that. And I was thinking, where are the leaders in the community that are turning around saying, "Hey, let's bring these women together"? Where's the Queen Latifahs and MC Lights? <laughs> Saying, hey, don't slut shame this woman. Have a true rap battle, but oh. you don't have to be so personal. See, there were pedophilia references. Oh in man, it, it was, was like everything. Like she left your she, ass dropped. There was no was smashing stone. dudes. There was you had no sex with Trace Holmes. No stone left unturned Nothing. in that one. So here's the thing. I have a lot of. I see. I didn't have a lot of feelings. But it was un- hot until everybody started being like, oh. <laughs> so I. So, Meek Mill's L's are sexually transmitted. So, at first, the way that I perceived it, this is before your text and before I started reading stuff online, it's like, yo, it's a rap battle. This is the culture. Do it for the culture. This is what people do. They, you know, when you rap battle, you just spitting bars. You doing this. Like, that's it. But then I read a thing online where someone was saying, like, hey, like, yes, this is the culture. This is what hip-hop, this is what we do in hip-hop. But then someone was like, yeah, but you got to contextualize it. If anybody, like, works with young girls, like, how you just can't be coming at other women's throats just because of X or, like, thinking through, like, conflict management. Of course, we intellectualize the shit out of... Out of two rappers. Out of this stuff. (laughs) When, like, yeah, which, I mean, majority of comments and things I've seen have just been, like bodied, done. Like, no one is sitting here. Like, I've only seen, like, two two people intellectualized this on my timeline. Another person posted, like, you know, the slut-shaming thing, mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with transactional sex? Like, a lot of women do it, and you try and put another woman on blast. If that's what she wanted to do or that's what she had to do, then whatever. Whereas I've seen the rebuttal for that is Nicki Minaj has prided herself so highly on not sleeping with people to get to the top that it's kind of like, oh, let me let me remind you what you did. And then again, the other part of it for me is like, who knows? Like, everyone is taking this shit as like gospel. I'm yeah. like, okay, she could have just been putting lines together to rhyme things together because it's a rap battle. <laughs> like, Ebro, who she called out of having sex with Nicki Minaj, was First like, of all, when did Ebro have sex with Nicki Minaj? I just it just had to be early on, like early, like she was trying to get spins on Hot ninety seven. Like, and why would she have Ebro? sex with Trey songs? Like, trigger that man. Trigger song. Tra- trigger songs. Trey songs is not like trigger that man. What is he like? That's the thing. And so I'm glad the that neighbors both know his name. <laughs> I'm glad that both of those men have come, like, come and said, like, 
You know what's messed up though? Drake Drake never came on to be like, hey y'all, stop stop doing that. Like I never had sex with Nicki Minaj. Nor did Lil Wayne now that we're talking about it nope. out loud. But the two other guys that were mentioned in the song came forward and were like, We've never had sex. Like, why are you talking about this? And so I I'm kinda mad that people are like, Ooh, like she just gave all of Nicki Minaj's life story and this is like absolute truth when it's like or she could have just been taking digs because she Or she wants just to used take... rumors and made it into reality. Right. People just people believe what they want to believe. Absolutely. And I and I do not like, however, how I mean the pedophile thing was kinda iffy because Nicki Minaj's brother Is he? Is a like he's I think yeah, he's being tried. I think he's being tried right now. I think he like What level of pedophilia is this like a twenty three and a seventeen year old? Or is it no, like, a, like, like a grown ass man and a twelve year old? Whoa. Yeah. Wait. Like who it, does that? So this was like I think it came out like last year or something, like some girl a twelve year old girl accused him of oh. molestation or something and so he's being tried or whatever and so I think I think that was kind of it because it's like, okay, when it came out last year, everybody was like, well, that is her brother. But then the other part is like, wait, that's... But you also represent a lot of young girls. Exactly, which I think Remy Ma was saying in the song, which, fine. But I don't know. It's just so... It's just... God, I don't know. It's like sometimes as like a... as a, As a female... I think I posted this on my Instagram the other day, like as a female hip hop fan you're just like caught in the middle sometimes like man like i want to be woke on this shit but then the other you gotta part be of it, woke you have to be the woke other part of it is like if you, this is what we can't do in rap battles nope. but you're right you're right can't be selective can't be selective I can't, I can't be selective here so should i bring up miss you know my brother my brother in the struggle <laughs> because you know Based not, on, don't you bring up, don't you bring up no damn Nate Parker again? Not hey, on you show. said it. Since you said no, it, no, no. I'm just saying, you went at him. Y'all let Casey slide. Fine. I see some of y'all the day fine, after now. Fine, y'all fine. trying to give sl- Casey some slack now. Where were y'all like three weeks before? We're not letting. So Nikki Denzel slide. could. Have, but you're letting Remy Ma slide. You should be on her because at the end of the day, no matter how much you like raps, and this is a rap battle. Uh huh. She is clever enough not to slut shame and body shame. Ah, I see. And I didn't want to know or care about her ass dropping. First, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Because I thought when you have a booty like that, you drop your ass all the time. I think think she's implying that Nicki Minaj has butt implants. Oh, yeah, we know that. Probably something went wrong. And And it just dropped? And, like, sometimes what can happen... (laughs) It drops in your thighs? Something can, like... Like, there's um, a Brazilian beauty queen right now who's out, like, doing a lot of work because she got, like, ass implants. And then, like, they fused with her muscles. And so there's, like, actual, like, holes in her thighs. So I think it's, like, a thing. But I think it's also just, like, oh, you got to go get... I think Remy Ma was trying to be, like, you need to get your butt fixed because maybe your implants are sliding around or some shit. I don't know. Some shit. But, yeah, you're right. There was some really low blows. The only thing for me now when everyone's like, oh, Nikki needs to respond and blah, blah, blah. Nikki's getting paid, though. Like, part of me is like, you cannot, like, you don't have to respond because actually your paychecks are speaking for themselves. Your popularity speaks for them for itself. But I know, like, me, I, I am, I whatever when Nicki Minaj first came out I was like oh she could spit like her first mixtape 
I thought she was, I thought she was great. And so it's not that I don't think she can. It's just like, do you, do you have to? And I think it's part of that being a bigger she person. She can't. She can't what? She can't, re- she can't have a rebuttal. She can't have a rebuttal? Okay. she can't win. <gasps> oh! Unless she goes after, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Love and Hip Hop, unless she goes after like the Remy Ma, you know, having a miscarriage. And that would be an absolute low blow. You know? She can't win. She can't win. Yo, you're right. Because so she's, she's going to take her- the L no matter what. So she can sit next to her ex-boyfriend. There you go. Who sexually transmitted these L's to her. <laughs> And, you know, her and me can just get back together and just lose. I, but guess what? Y'all still winning. See, that's the thing. Y'all like, still winning. But, that, like, you ex- lost. That's exactly what I was saying the other day. If she does, if she gets as deep and personal as Remy Ma she did, go too far. She'd be talk- she would be considered going, quote, too far because Remy Ma has been in jail. She's been away from her children. Like, she could talk about how she made piss poor decisions. How you gonna shooting how, a friend in the car? Gonna, how you gonna go on of a couple thousand dollars? Right, how you gonna go in on somebody's like ectopic pregnancy? Like this is petty. Like yeah. you can't. You can't do it. You lost. But then again, folks are like, you have to respond because like someone put out a challenge. Me, I'm just like, am I making this money for part? But I'm also not a battle rapper, so I. How just, about her trying to throw uh, your queen in the middle of it? Who? Beyonce. Oh. You know what? I'm with Nicki Minaj on that. I got receipts. But let me, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you this. Why would Beyonce do defend Nicki Minaj when she didn't even defend Jay-Z I don't in think the elevator? Would, but then, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I haven't followed all of their stuff because I'm like... She's just been posting pictures of her and Beyonce, and she posted a video of Beyonce saying, like, from the from the oh, album, right. like, you know, That's Nicki true. is this and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she posted that as a response, and it's kind of like, you, you know, Beyonce don't stick up for nobody. I mean, so see, you better Beyonce's chill. already on record saying that I'm a queen. So do do I have to really say anything? And the real winner know. is Little Kim. Little Kim is the real winner. See, in this just the thing. Like the only thing she for sent me her hitman out in our in our way of intellectualizing this. The only thing that that hurt, that gets me that I'm mad about is that. Yo, we don't have enough female rappers like mainstream anyway. <laughs> like one, so like I don't, right, I don't need y'all. I do not need y'all. I need y'all to get together on some 1996 ladies night with left. I need that kind. I need that kind of vibe, y'all. I need us to be working together. I need us to be smashing the patriarchy together. Like I need that. I need that to happen. I need us to be talking about small dicks. Like I don't know, whatever it is that we do when female rappers body get shame together. men. <laughs> Body shame men. That's Why what I need we? y'all to do. I need y'all they, to come together. They've never and be been. Back. They've never really been um, united because even like back in the day, it was um, what was it Roxanne and Roxanne Shante, <laughs> and then it was like uh, then it was Foxy and Little Kim, and then and it was, it was, it was the, always been like something you know where the it's the two is, alpha females like going back. But and forth. why was Queen Latifah beefing with MC Light? Like. Queen Latifah was out here with Yo-Yo, MC Light, and all of these other people. Like, just, yeah, UNIT. She had a UNITY song, y'all. Let's stand together, y'all. Let's talk about the small dicks out there. Like, let's 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 rally. But most let's... of these beefs and battles kind of revolve around, like, you know, the fly and sexiness. And I don't think Queen checks those boxes for a lot of women. I... So... And then you got to remember back in that time, during that time period, you had, t- you had a tribe called Quest. You had all these like 
you know, like you had Daylight, you had all these people where it was like it was almost like Kumbaya rap. It was right after like the gangster. Kumbaya. It was like it was in between the two gangster scenes. It was like the gangster, like it was like the NWA gangster <laughs> stuff, and then like the Daylight and those people came out, and then it was like Death Row. So it was like that in between phase where it was like, oh god, you know who you calling the bitch? You and I, T Y. What's that? Who are you calling a bitch? Each other. Boom. They calling each other bitches. Who are you calling? Bitch, and where's Queen me. Latifah? She should be stopping this right now. She's too busy making this horrible. You seen that rap video? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Um, Queen Latifah has a new movie coming out soon, which I am. Fine she can pick with. up the phone and talk to these people. Yeah. So Queen Latifah is out here making her coins. It's fine, but I'm just saying, like, there's not enough of us as is. Can we please stop doing this? I'm better than you. You're better than me. Like. Let's do a collab. Like, what did R. What did um R. R Kelly? What did Jay Z and Kanye do? Get together and make an album. Can we just? Can we do that? But they were friends. Uh, were. They're still friends. Poor. They're still friends. Poor friends. Well, fine. I'm just saying, like. It's just, I mean, but it is kind of petty. I don't know what led to because Remy Ma has been on interview saying like when people are because i think i i honestly think media and like social media like instigates these like beefs mm-hmm. between women all the time like they try to do it between beyonce and so and so and like they try and do it with this and so i think there was a breakfast club interview uh interview where remy ma was like i'm not talking if i'm talking about anybody in my records we'll like, i'm not talking about I'm not talking about Nicki Minaj if that's who you think I'm talking about. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's very clear. She said, if I'm going to talk about you, I'm going to let you know who it is. And she did it. And so she did it. But then I'm like, wait, what? What? How do we know that Nicki Minaj was actually talking about Remy Ma in this Gucci Mane record? Well, we all know that. See, I think we Nikki, instigated that No, shit. but Nikki has a history, unless it's Iggy Azalea, because she likes to pick on her. <laughs> Nikki, to me, is almost like, she's a bully, in a way. And I think she always likes to pick on people that, and I was having this conversation before this whole beef thing happened. Yeah. And she, ha- she likes to pick on certain rappers. She knows that she can, like, win, that she can beat. So, like, hmm. with the Iggy, and there was one other female rapper where it's... Oh, and then with the Molly was good. Like, Molly Cyrus, really? Iggy, really? Like, you're really gonna go after them? Like, that's that's not fair. Like, why? Like you, you'll you say their names. Oh, but what you're saying. when you're talking about somebody else, it's always innuendos. When you say something about Lil' Kim, Queen B already told me I'm the queen. Okay, so you're not really saying it, but I get it. It was a, it was cute wordplay, but you're not saying Little Kim. So when Little Kim goes on radio and says something about you, you could turn around and go, "I never said anything about her." What is she talking about? So Remy Ma's probably sitting there like, "I'm not gonna let this happen. I got I got the all the way up thing. I already got momentum. If I take down the queen, the quote unquote queen, that makes me See, the, the new thing. queen. Like Remy so Ma that's what needs it is. to really focus on her money because I haven't heard another single from this damn album that she has with Fat Joe. Like, girl, and you, just, and you won't <laughs> just focus on your money. Like, there's no need. I don't know. There's no need for this. But I understand you. You won't get bullied. So I don't understand it. I maybe when I delve deeper into, I need to do some more analytical reading. Hey, on... you need to get Queen Latifah on the phone. <laughs> Get MC Light. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, we have Hurt Bay. 
Have you heard of Hurt Bay? It was all the rage. It was all the rage. What, last week, this week? There's, like, parody videos about it. But for those who don't know, Hurt Bay was a video that was done um, about cheating ex-lovers. And um, this couple got together, and basically the girl in the video basically confronted her ex-boyfriend about his cheating past and to me personally he did not look like he cared too much but she was like super emotional she about was into it, it. and um, he was just trying to get into her pants and so it's it's a hurt bay like i don't ever want to make light of relationships because like i was doing a relationships class today with like grown men and like they were saying like, oh man, you you know, you get with a female today and she don't know, you know, she wants you to talk to her this way and it's very rude and this, this and that. And I'm like, all right, honestly, like people are all learning the same shit about relationships, which is nothing. And so when people think about like Hurt Bay and why she would be in that situation, it's like, and when I say situation, I mean in the video they highlighted. You have to watch the video. They highlighted, you know, she asked like, how many times did you cheat on me? And this dumb dumb was like. I don't know. I do this so <laughs> Straight many, face, by the way. I did it so many times. I like lost count. And then when she was like, what did you do? He was like, everything. So, I mean, he, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we don't actually know or ever learn about healthy relationships is a conversation that we don't typically have. And so I think all of us are navigating, like, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the world of relationships until we figure it out, which I feel like we really need to have like honest, real talk about this stuff. Um, initially, my when I first watched it, I think it was the same same reaction we had. Like, girl, walk away. What is why? What is happening? As DJ Khaled would say, "You played yourself." But then again, it's <laughs> like, yo, who knows? Like the type of upbringing that she had relate with relationships, and again, we don't talk about relationships, so. Maybe she was just like, oh, this sucks, but, you know, and like she said, like, I think I was being stupid. I just, like, hung around, so. <sighs> Hurt Bay. Hurt Bay. Um, <laughs> this guy is a savant. What's a savant? He is a master of his craft. <laughs> you have to watch this video. This is the oh, first time. God. This is me, Virgin Eyes, watching it. And I couldn't get over the fact that, one, he was unremorseful about the entire situation. He really did not and have then a sorry-ass his, his sorry face. was essentially a playbook from the Deadbeat Dads uh, <laughs> book where you say sorry in efforts to try to get back with her in a sexual manner. Like, that wasn't the sincere, I'm sorry. It was like a, hey, uh, you didn't deserve this. You're a great girl. Uh, we should be friends again. Literally, he was like, I want to be really good friends with you again. Um, Ugh. Trash. You know, if I had a daughter, I'd be like, no. You know, cut the bait and run. You're done with this guy. Um, any guy that's going to have you... If I had a girlfriend, I have a fiance, and I was in my house with another woman, and she walks in, and I tell her to leave... The, the relationship is over. You do not care for that person. <laughs> you can care less about what's going on. But she stayed. So, like, a part of me, like, kind of feels bad for it. But the other part is, me like, you played yourself. Like, at, at some point, you should have watched this video and decided not 
to not to play it, not to air it online because rightfully or wrongfully so, I think it's very just that you're getting uh getting spotted on I mean, there. I like, think I think she's I mean, I according to an interview that they did or why why they signed up for this was to get closure and again like maybe he grew up with like a terrible sense of because i my my personal thing is if you're going to cheat like why even be in a relationship just don't be in a relationship or like have an open relationship or what have you but don't sit there and just like behind someone's back lie to them and i could understand the tears like it is hurtful to know that someone that you thought cared about you hurt you and cheated on you and all that stuff but the thing that i did like i think the shining light on the video was that he said he said that you there's nothing you could have done like this was not your fault and you did everything you could or whatever you were a good girlfriend and i appreciate that part because oftentimes i feel that Whenever we talk about cheating, and when I do adult classes on relationships, it's always like, oh, well, you need to make sure you do whatever you can to keep that man. And it's always, first of all, men never get that same, like, I've never heard of someone telling me. You gotta do whatever you want to keep your old lady. You gotta do what you gotta do to keep that woman in your life, man. Like, ain't worth the headache. Right, they don't (laughs) tell no, they don't tell guys that. And then, secondly... It's always like whenever someone gets cheated on, it's seen as like an in, an in, in, in inadequacy of the person. So it's like, oh, he cheated on you. Damn, what didn't you do? Did you not give him enough sex? Did so you, were I you think, not there for him? I think that's society. Yeah, I think that's society more than anything else. Because what I will tell you is, I think women put that pressure on themselves. Huh. And you don't meet too many men who are gonna be like, I cheated on you because you don't do this. I the examples I've seen well, have been those like, the didbies, you didn't pay like, attention to me. You didn't like you weren't there for me. Well, they they you never had a daddy me. or mommy, and that's just their problem. But I'm just saying, like you're like your atypical, like you know, good relationship, but the guy cheated. It's nothing. I was having a conversation with my fiance. One of the uh-huh. things I told her, I was just like, excuse my French. Yeah. And ladies, this may be a shocker to you. <laughs> just let it out. But sometimes guys just want new vagina. What? Okay, y'all ain't sh- okay. Shut That's, up. I've literally talked to some of my friends, and we've had this conversation, and it, it's come back to like has nothing to do with a woman's and in, and in, inadequacies, or it has nothing to do with I don't love her anymore. I can love her. If it's between me and this girl that I cheated with, I would kick that girl off a bridge and the splits. I wouldn't even think about it. Like that girl means absolutely nothing to me. It's just, it was just something new. Um, and not to say that all guys are cheaters, but I think there's a point where, especially with not. that guy with his, at his age, like he's just like, I'm in college. There are girls throwing it at me. I'm yeah, just going to go for but it. The thing is now I, 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 I really like you and I really like, I really like you, and I and I like what we are. But there are other things, and that's selfish because you should let her be. Because as much as she's doing for you and holding you down, you should be there for her. So either you let her do it, like you say, have an open relationship, or you just go ahead and cut the ties loose. But yeah, and just go have some fun. I just want a lot of girls to know that, it, like, 
you know when a guy says not you it's me like they actually mean it like they're it like, uh, like I'm no glad it's that not that, like right. it, yeah and then most of the time as a man's play i'll tell you that like i've talked to a bunch of my friends and when they like they would do anything to get back with that girl and they would go to the moon and back but you know their transgression was basically uh Stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. Like it was there. I took it. I'm dumb. I'm weak minded, but it was there. That's dumb. And here's the thing. I stupid. I hold men it's unfortunate. I hold men to a higher standard. And so whenever I'm in these classes and I hear like, oh well, you know even not even classes, it's even when I was growing up and even being married, like, well what you gonna do when when Chris cheats on you? What you gonna do when this happens? Wait, what you what gonna you mean, do when? 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 Like it's a certain. I'm sorry, but that's not an expectation <laughs> for me. It's probably because I hold y'all to a higher standard, and society doesn't. And I think y'all should be wondering what you need to do in order to get back in a, on a on a place where people hold you to a certain standard. Because right now, whenever people talk about men, it's like y'all can't control yourselves. You are only directed by one thing, and it's like, oh, no, I hold you to a certain standard, so what happens if? There's no if. I'm not expecting you to do anything like that, and guess what? I cannot put myself in a situation, personally, where that's going to happen, nor should I expect. No one should be walking into a relationship thinking, like, this is my game plan of what happens if my mate cheats on Like, that's some bullshit, and especially if it's my male mate is cheating on me. Like, that is... I think a lot of it is you're just a product of your environment. So if you grew up with um, in that type of uh, atmosphere where men are constantly cheating and the women are constantly there, and then that's when you have the ride or dies and the blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he going to go to jail for 10 years and I'm going to hold him down, which is like ludicrous to me. Like, <laughs> bruh, you going to jail for 10 years. Lindsay, sweetheart, you going to jail for 10 years? You better hope okay. we married. You better hope we married. Because it's the only way. Like, other than that, like, I have to go and live my life. That sounds selfish, but, like, why, why, like, you shouldn't, like, you know, be holding to someone that you haven't, you know. If you're not beholding on the eyes of God, you shouldn't be beholding under the eyes of a warden. So, um, but it's a product of your environment where you see this constantly, and women see this. But women also see that, yeah, Uncle so-and-so, Uncle Pete, might have cheated on Aunt Carla, but Uncle Pete was always good to me. And he's a good person. Uncle Pete was funny. Uncle Pete was this. No one knows Uncle Pete was giving Aunt Carla hell. And sure. Aunt Carla was going through it. Yeah. So when you see that, when you get in your relationship, it's okay. Because Uncle Uncle Pete and Aunt Carla made it through. So I'm going to make it through. So when he cheats on me, I'm going to take it. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to go on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to post about it. I'm going to put him on blast. And then a week later, I'm taking him back. But I also think, so yes, I think it, I think some of that is like a product of like how we've grown up, how we've interpreted relationships. Do we know about healthy relationships? Have we formulated healthy relationships, seen what we want out of relationships and think about what we're putting up with versus not putting up with. I also think that the messages, and I'm, and I'm only leaning towards women here because I don't hear these messages for men, I hear that it's always, you know, you got to stick by your person. And no, and nobody ever gives you the chat about what you need to stick by. Yes. Because I had people in my life who are sticking by a whole bunch of shit that you shouldn't be sticking by. And no one told them, like, 
oh no, it's it's about your sanity, it is about your happiness, and it's about your well-being. Like, you cannot, like, can I put up with you constantly filling up the, the sink with dishes? Can I put up with your dirty drawers? Be- yes. Can, that is a put up with. That is a compromise. That is like, oh man, like, this gets on my nerves, but... Can I put up with your whole side family or you lusting after other women and you? Ch- no, for me that is a deal breaker. And so, like, I think I think that's the part that we often miss out. We always tell women like, you gotta stick by him. And even and I even had a friend the other day who was telling me about her divorce. She said that the women in her life were like. You sure you're not? That's a good man. You sure you're not trying to like stick it out with him? Like, come on, he's so nice. He's so this and it's like, wait a second. You're telling me that sitting here and being half miserable with this man over my full happiness and being in a relationship where I feel 100% honored and valued. No one else is in the picture but me. My vagina is adequate. <laughs> Very. And you're and you're telling me that. Like I have to, put like I have it. to put up with this, like and stay, like what, like. And I just think that people just, note to don't the ladies, know. if you found, like, let's say, like you constantly find good men, like if that guy leaves, you'll probably find one, unless you had like a string of just like shitty guys before. Then you know, forget everything. Uh, Vanessa just said you might want to stick with him. I can't but hear. one thing that you should fight for, you should fight for your relationship. You should never fight for someone's heart. Those are two Uh-oh. completely Uh-oh. different things. I see you, mansplainer. Those are two completely different things. See you, you can fight for some. You can fight for a relationship. Like I will fight for you getting on my nerves about a certain issue. I'm not fighting for your heart. Yeah. Like if you like somebody, I'm not fighting for that. Yeah. Like. I'm not fighting, I'm not trying to convince you of something that I didn't have to convince you of in me. Like, if you loved me, and I didn't have to really convince you, I was just myself, why do I have to convince you not to love that person? Like, that's where your heart's gonna go. Right. I'm out. Like, I'm I'm, I'm out. Now. That's true. Like I said, back to, like, what guys are doing. Or certain guys. I don't want to lump all guys in. Please, don't, because... I believe there's yes. good ones out there. There are, but like, uh, like I said, like I have you know a group chat, and some of my friends are not in relationships, and um, and they would tell you like their relationships before, and it was just like, well, and I mean, granted, people are older now, so maybe they wouldn't do those certain mm-hmm. things. A lot of those guys get married, and so am I. But like, there was a point in your life where like, okay, yeah, I was with this girl and it was cool and we were going out, but mm-hmm. there was somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that somebody else, literally, she was there for, for for me sexually. That's terrible. Like, emotionally, there was no talking, there was no hanging out, there was no going to dinner, there was no going this. Mm-hmm. This was literally somebody I would just go and just like do something with, blah, blah, blah. Now, mm-hmm. maybe that person sit down and talk have a conversation look introspectively and maybe that girl should think because if he ain't taking you out you shouldn't be doing all that but you know that's where i get the you're only as faithful as your options it takes a little maturity now that may take somebody to the age of 18 21 24 30 40 50 60 to figure it out where it's just like you know what you know what i'm glad that you said that because (laughs) some some people shame people for not sticking through the person's time I ain't got to sit here for that. Like, if you're going to be 60, 
that's good. But I'm gonna need you to be sixty and single on your own, putting your dick and everything over there. Well, you like, you see, you saw a positive relationship. Now, yeah. My family, my great grandfather had another family. Mm-hmm. A lot of people's great grandfathers yeah. had other families where, like, Same. you don't meet your uncles or your cousins until like the funeral, and you're like, "Damn, you look just like and me." And that's terrible. And you it's look like just yo, like but imagine me. when our great aunties and aunties what and they even had like to go through. My grandmother, like, had, and we wonder there was why an extra grandma- child that just came home and now was living with them, and it was like, wait a second. And whenever I whenever I talk to my aunts now about it, like how did she just put up with that? It's like, well, you don't get divorced. Like you gonna stick this thing out? And it's like, wait a second. Why? Why is the I gotta stick this thing out a one sided deal? Yes, because if that happened to a guy, our egos cannot take <laughs> like, that. Like what? Like I just can't. let my let my wife come home with a baby and Maury say it ain't mine. <laughs> this relationship ain't mine. Ain't nothing. See, mine. y'all just hurt. I ain't got Meanwhile, nothing to do with that child. Have you seen Fences? Yes. And here, Fences, this lady. Like, why are we celebrating that? This lady is sitting here raising a whole entire infant, and he died on her. He deuced on her. Whole entire infant. And you can leave and the baby can stay. Now nah, both of y'all gotta go. He had he he wanted to get his young feeling on, and then she had to sit there and be gracious. Oh, hell no. Like, are you kidding me? I was just talking to some coworkers about that. I was I think you stick through um like you said. Do you walk into the room with your shoes on? Are you on my bed with your jeans? Yeah, Are you that's this? A Are little you that? Petty shit. Um, do you clean up behind yourself or do like those are things that might drive somebody crazy? But you fight because you fight for love. You get over stuff like that. <laughs> you don't get over somebody that's had a side chick for fourteen years ah. out of your you know fourteen years out of your thirteen year marriage. Like <laughs> so. All right, so we're running out of time. <laughs> So you, I wanted to go back to something. You said that you were talking with your fiance about new vagina. So are you saying that's okay? What is this? No, no, no. I was, no, 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 no. I was just explaining to her why. Because there were people that we know that something, you know, something happened where it was just infidelity. Yeah. And she was just like. Why would he do that? Why would he do blah, that? Blah, just dumb and blah, blah, blah. And I'm literally looking at her like the dude from Hurt Bay, like, it's just new vagina. And she was like, what? And I'm like, wait, no one's ever told you? I feel like I'm letting you in on a secret. It's just, it's, that's all it is. Like, but just, you, you willing to throw away the whole damn unit? No. I'm not trying to throw it away. He got caught. He wasn't trying to get caught. <laughs> when you do it, you're trying to get caught. I'm sorry. I always say, you got, "Hey, you got to respect the cover up." I always say, "Like if Lindsay cheated on me, I would be hurt. I would be even more hurt if she didn't cover it up that well." If I turn it's around, always, I always believe the best cover up is like I oh always my God. believe I ain't got to go find it because it's always going to come to light. Like that's, that's true. It. Like there's no need because and and the thing is, the red flags are going to show. You're eventually going to start to act a damn fool and start disconnecting and all that stuff and it's going to come to light and so you know what when that day comes i pray for you i pray but would you go find some new vagina though nah i've been with her 24 7 i ain't got time to do that okay. see i'm faithful because i have no options you see yo, okay you're, you're a mess a mess a mess and with that 
We are out of here. Trash. Just straight up trash. Oh, by the way, mm. ladies, if you have a man who moans like a woman Bye. and that makes you come, please email us. That You don't have to go in, de- in depth with the stories, but... I really, this is like, I really want to know if this is true. Because I don't believe this young lady. <laughs> and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. Twitter at Vagisteam. And tweet us at Vagisteam and let us know. Yes, if eggplant. This, <laughs> if this applies to you. But um, before we get out of here, remember, remember, remember to rate and comment on the show on iTunes. In order for us to keep doing what we're doing, we need you to rate it and let us know how we're doing so other people can find it and that we can grow our fan base. Um, If you have any questions or if you want to tell us anything, email us at vagisteam at gmail.com. See you in two weeks. Bye.